Thanks for listening to the Underdog Podcast presented by the Riley Decker Companies. Please do us a favor and help us change and improve lives by subscribing and giving us a rating on the platform of your choice. Thank you. All right, I want to kick it off today, have a special podcast for you. It's actually going to be a self-cast hosted by myself and my co-host, Tiffany Feely. Welcome to uh, the Underdog Podcast. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be back. Yeah, looking good in the Cleveland hat. Appreciate it. It is, you know, a great day to be at RD because we are in Spirit Week and we're rocking our favorite team, the Cleveland, uh, all Cleveland. So that's right. We're going to say that they're still Cleveland baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not the Guardians, a little sore subject between us, but... Um, nonetheless, before we, we, we digest on Cleveland sports today, we wanted to pivot and move and really appreciate Tiffany helping, um, you know, ask the questions and have hopefully a very mindful and, 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 and inspirational, hopefully conversation, which hopefully we leave that for our listeners. Um, but we do appreciate the underdog podcast, uh, nation. And I think sometimes it's good for you guys to hear about me oftentimes listen about the listener. So halfway through this is our third season. We're super blessed. Tiffany actually was part of our launch, so she helped launch the Underdog Podcast, so she means the world to Riley Decker in the Underdog Podcast. With So with that said, Tiff, I will actually be quiet, even though it's hard for me uh, from a question perspective, and uh, turn it over to you. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, like Kyle said, help to launch and, and get this off the ground. So it's really awesome. And I was honored to um, be asked to ask the questions this time um, instead of just being behind the scenes. So this is going to be a lot of fun and I think everybody's going to enjoy it. But um, we've gained a lot of followers since we launched all those years ago. So I think it'd be great if we could just start off with a little bit of a recap, you know, take us back to 2009 when Kyle Decker started um, with the companies. Yeah, no, I think, you know, here in different episodes, the back corner of the mall plaza and that that is a special I I keep that picture on my desk and try to keep it humble and from our humble beginnings of starting there and growing to where we are today, helping over 4000 people on assignment and across, you know, over 10 states now and just it's a blessing every day to change lives and to see where we've grown from from that startup back corner of a mall plaza that, you know, lot probably didn't think we'd make it out of to being hopefully over 200 million this year and bigger is not always better, but we do it the right way and change lives. It's just an incredible feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, when you talk about changing lives, it's something that makes it really easy to recruit, um, for us, you know, not only for our clients and all of the talent and, and lives that we change, but internally as well. I know I enjoy recruiting and it's pretty easy to do that when we've got, you know, so many cool things going on, but, um, you know, to your listeners and everybody else that kind of knows you, you're more than just a CEO, right? You're more than just an owner, you're a dad and a husband. So tell them, how do you balance it all? It's a great question. I get, you know, get asked often. I don't think I'd be lying to you if I said I knew the exact formula. I think being vulnerable and transparent on that challenge for all of us, whether it's me or anyone else that's juggling a career and, you know, family. Um, you know, I think for me, I will say this, um, you know, being a learning leader and being, you know, more self-aware than I think I was earlier in my career, you know, kids uh, keep you humble. They're so, you know, innovative. They're so new. It's so fun. They keep you busy when you're there. 
uh, which I love. Um, I think COVID, there's a lot of terrible, terrible things. I hate what has happened during that, but I tried to make the most of it. And I think for me, spending time not traveling, spending time with my family made me realize I could empower folks at work, um, outsource and trust. I think, as you know, with me, sometimes I probably trust too much. I probably empower too much, but I'm okay with that. I would rather, you know, as I say, work for other people, give them the opportunity for me to support them and they drive their unit forward and, and own their 20 square feet. And uh, it's worked well. You know, we've grown and we have a lot of great people and my family life has improved. So I have three kids that don't, you know, some life updates. Uh, Reese just turned one, which is my daughter. And I have two sons, Riley, who uh, will be seven this November, Crosley, who just turned four, and Reese, uh, who is one, and my wife, Kristen, and then my dog, Red. So I always get in trouble. Can't forget about old Red. <laughs> and he is getting old. Speaking of old Red, um, you know, he's getting up there in age. But uh, that is the family life. And, you know, balancing it is, you know, I think it just comes down to taking it day by day, trying to be as organized as possible, which you do a great job of helping me do that. And as you know, um, you know, strengths and balances. Sometimes detail is not my strength. You know, I think my weakness is is sometimes that organization to detail, but I think I'm a broad-based, energized leader that's trying to be future forward. And I try to know my role and, and play that within the team. Absolutely. And I think, you know, something else hearing about family, a majority of us here do have families, right? With kids that are all about the same age. And we're always taking applications for babysitters. Um, <laughs> we should probably throw that out there and see if anybody takes us up on it. But I also think we should um, bring back, bring your kid to work day. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm in for that. I think, I think putting them to work, <laughs> especially, you know, let's get them some uh, recruiting, working the phones. And mm-hmm. actually some of the candidates might appreciate that probably more than they what would. they do to talking to us. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I made my kids help me clean the van this weekend. They loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. The company van was getting cleaned by, uh, by Tiff's kids. So appreciate that, Calvin and crew. It's good stuff. Yes, absolutely. Good. Well, another thing I think that's really important to us at Riley Decker, and, and you really push this a lot, is your why. Why are you here? Why are you doing this? And we all know this can change over time. I know my why has changed drastically from when I first started my career to now. So Kyle Decker, what is your why? Yeah, no, appreciate the question. My why, and I actually was just on the road show in in Dallas and Phoenix. And for me, it's helping others truthfully. And I, I can truly, sincerely say that that's what it is now. It wasn't that, you know, to be honest. I was, you know, obviously wanted to secure financially my family and our future. Um, that has changed for me, you know, and and it happens in people's careers. For me, you know, different buckets are filled up over your career. And for me, you know, now it is I love competing. You know, I love to keep it simple and just compete and win and grow. I love to see others grow. So I know if if we're winning as a team, other people are having success. So the success stories to see others uh, do well, I know inevitably uh, we all do well. And so I think that's to me, the most rewarding thing is to come into work to help others change their lives, whether it's our associates or clients, our internal staff. I truly believe in that and uh, have had opportunities to to um, maybe exit the business, but I'm committed to uh, our mission and I'm committed to the other things. If it was monetarily, you know, I think a lot of the staffing companies are 
trading at, at high uh, multiples and could cash out. But that to me, um, that money is, is, is one thing. It's important. It's, it's necessary. Uh, it's a driver. But I think for me now, um, that's just a, a piece of the puzzle. It's not the main piece for me. And I want to compete and, and impact and, and make a, a long lasting legacy. Hence, while we're having this conversation and, and I do the podcast because I think it's important for myself to learn, but more importantly, for all of us to learn from each other and try to be better as human beings. Absolutely. And it's so awesome to hear when we have, you know, new team members, new family members, I should say, kind of join our team um, to hear what really motivates them. We can tell the ones that are really going to last here if it has anything to do with people. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it has to be right. <clears throat> and you said right. it a long time ago is, you know, if, if you don't have energy, optimism and, you know, don't bring that competitive juice to our organization, we don't want you. It was blunt. It was direct, but it's so true. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me, Tiff, I think that's something you and I've talked about when I share with others is, you know, there's not a lot of time. I think we've all learned that, you know, with loved ones have either passed away or we've experienced events. So what is our response? I think for us is to, to live and max out every day. So being around people that are energy vampires, as John Gordon would say, that that want to be negative and, you know, bring the drama. You're never going to be able to avoid that completely. But to have the mission to try to stay above the line and you know, be intentional and on purpose. I think that's so critical uh, in our organization and life. I think that's really helped us be around people we want to be every single day mm -hmm. the best we can. Yeah. I think as we get older, we become a little bit more selfish in the best way. So sure, sure. Um, it's awesome. Well, good. So right now I know a little bit more about you than, than maybe you want to share, but I know two things. You don't sleep at night if something's on your mind. Or, or Kristen might find you in the hot tub late at night. So, <laughs> oh, geez. I love it. <laughs> oh. What are, what are the things that are, that aren't allowing you to sleep in or causing you to spend uh, late nights in the hot tub right now? That's a, you know, I love it. I love it. So just to, to explain the hot tub, I, I, I love running water. So instead of wasting running water, now I can recycle it. So I love the little <laughs> waterfall in there and it is my getaway uh, point as Tiff knows. So that's, that's good stuff. Um, <laughs> As far as what keeps me up at night, there's many things, but I think for me, it always relates back to going back to the changing of lives with um, volatility in the marketplace. What do I have to do as a leader um, to protect our company, which is making sure everyone's gainfully employed and growing their careers? That keeps me up just knowingly, okay, um, I always say control what you can and focus on the best response, but inevitably we're all humans. And I think that, that, that can wake you up in the middle of the night and say, wow, what if this happens? What is this? You know, um, there's that, that creeps, those things creep in and, and obviously we're growing and scaling and finding people. And you're a big por portion of that is, is making sure to put people in the right position. So I think about that often I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I try to visualize everything. And, and I've made, I think a lot of good decisions, but I've also made a lot of bad decisions. And I think the it's like losses in sports. I think the bad decisions or the decisions that didn't work out, I should say, um, you know, creep back in, you know, in some of those nights where you wake up and say, did I really do that? Why did I do that? You know, make mistakes. And, and, and I take that, you know, cause it affects lives, you know, inevitably that's, there is risk at what we do. And, you know, you, you, I try to take as many shots as I can. And sometimes I miss just like anyone else. And, you know, that keeps you up at night. So I'd say, you know, definitely putting people in the right position, making sure I'm making the right decisions 
you know, I think you put a book in front of me, which I read, which is called Rethink. Um, Mm -hmm. That was a challenging book for me um, (laughs) because, you know, I'm kind of a go and go and, and, but I think at times the press pause and make sure to evaluate and making sure you're taking that time to analyze and be self-aware is important. So I appreciated that. Um, and I think that's what I'm always thinking. I think that wakes me up in the middle of the night. Cause when I go in the day, I want like to go and just play the game per se, as I call it. Um, but yeah, that I try to get it all out in the hot tub and <laughs> clear the mind and think through everything. But yeah, they, the, the baby, if the baby's up at night or the kids are up at night, then, then the brain starts ticking. So <laughs> sure. Yep. It's important, right? Sports guy. Uh, we got to watch the films even when we don't want to probably more important to watch the films when we don't want to. So Awesome. Um, okay, let's talk about some positive stuff. We have some really good movement going on at Riley Decker Companies. Um, the newest newest division is Galaxy Healthcare. So tell the listeners a little bit about Galaxy and and kind of what motivated you to launch this new division. Yeah, no, absolutely. A lot of um, probably been seeing uh, some delays in the podcast a day or so. Um, you know, been busy, <clears throat> um, but the podcast is still really important. But Galaxy to go back to that um, has been a great initiative for us is something passionate about my mom, Karen Decker actually just uh, retired being a lifelong um, healthcare professional. So um, shout out to my mom and uh, you know, healthcare. I come from what I always say, a family of nurses, uh, my cousins and aunts and, and obviously my mother. Um, it's always been a field that I've been very interested in. And so I heard there was, you know, obviously heard, I, I, I know engaging with our industry experts, the need, um, the viability of creating a business in the staffing sector and trying to be part of the solution and what we've done in different areas of our industry and, and bring that to the healthcare and uh, been super, su- you know, shout out to a bunch of our healthcare professionals and staffing firms, some I might have on the podcast um, that <laughs> have had tremendous success coming up, but they, uh, you know, it's been very welcoming, um, challenging. So I love the challenge. It's all new, um, going, you know, yes, it's in the staffing space, but it's, it's new, uh, which is exciting. So there's different, uh, workflows, there's different language, there's different, all sorts of things, but inevitably it comes down to relationships. It comes down to caring for people. It comes down to working hard, um, in the core roots, but I look forward to the challenge 14 years into it. You know, to answer the question, I was ready to uh, continue on with the job center and more talent, but also add to our arsenal of staffing uh, companies at Raleigh Decker. And uh, we're super excited to have Galaxy. As we said, we just launched. So uh, Galaxy Healthcare, shameless plug. If you know someone (laughs) that needs to be uh, working as a nurse or in the healthcare uh, space or you're a client, you know, give us a call. So, yeah. Check them out on social media. Their social media is on point. (laughs) Yes, it is. No doubt. (laughs) Awesome. Good deal. All right. So we're going to dig into something here that's a little deeper that I'm not sure how many people actually know about. And, um, you know, again, I was obviously very honored when, you know, you asked me uh, to do this with you. But more importantly, I was really proud of you for wanting this to be something that we kind of shared or you kind of shared with everyone else. So um, tell the listeners a little bit about why you stopped drinking a few years ago and kind of the impact that that has had on your life since you did stop. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely um, <clears throat> very personal, but 
I think I had someone re- reach out to me recently. It's become, I wouldn't say public. I'm not a public figure, but I've been pretty open with people around me and most people at work or there, you know, in, uh, someone reached out <clears throat> that was close to me and, you know, I felt like I could help them. And I think I am, and I've helped a few others. And I said, you know, it's selfish of me from my perspective to keep, you know, my story more internal and not share it to help others because that's the underdog podcast. So, yeah. So, um, you know, I struggled for a long time with, um, you know, drinking over, over consuming and, uh, it was affecting all sorts of aspects of my life and in us as, as leaders, you know, you, uh, look internally and you're, you're pretty disappointed in yourself and, and, uh, I want to be better. You know, I'm just like anyone else. I have my own challenges and, and over consuming and alcohol was a big challenge for me. You know, I just had to look it in the eye and I got tired. You know, I was putting, you know, my family and business and people I loved at risk because I would over consume and not handle, you know, whatever you could say. I could make a million excuses of why I over consume, whether it's work stress, if it's was the world we're living in or whatever. Right. You know, and, um, you know, was making bad decisions and it was putting, you know, like I said, my life at risk with you know, a lot of different things. And I was tired. I was ready to just, you know, um, came to a breaking point and, you know, looked myself in the mirror one day and I didn't like what I saw and, uh, gave it up cold Turkey. And, um, a lot of even my friends don't know, you know, a lot of people close to me, my family knows, but they might not even understand why. Um, you know, there was multiple things that I think that just happened over time that just said, man, you know, you just, it's just not you coming home drunk or making a fool of yourself in a, in a public setting. It just wasn't representation of me, what I wanted for my kids to see or people at our company to be part of. I didn't think that was fair to anybody. And, uh, it was really hard because since, in, you know, since high school and I've been drinking alcohol and, and, um, you know, people said, I'll just, you know, have one drink or just do beer or do this. And, well, I guess I'm sharing the story because if you're struggling with it, you know, feel free to reach out or just know that you're not alone. Because for a while I, I was, you know, and there's other things I think we'll share in self-cast, but this is one that's kind of focused on alcohol. Um, you know, it was hard. It was hard to realize that, hey, man, like when you drink, you just don't handle it well. You overconsume. You have no self-discipline. And I pride myself on that in a lot of areas. And, uh, you know, to look yourself in the eye and say, Hey, you, you, you can't handle alcohol, how you consume it and, and how you manage it. And, and God bless people. Hey, go drink, go have fun. Uh, unfortunately it's not for me, you know, and that was a hard thing. Cause you go out and you do this and you do that. And, and, uh, you know, it's been the, one of the best decisions of my life. I look at the moments with my kids. I'm a lot more present. I don't lose days at work hungover. Um, I still have issues and challenges like anyone else in life, but you know, at least alcohol is not enhancing those problems. Um, Mm -hmm. I think life is hard as is with, with three kids and everyone at work and just life, right. Let alone, you know, over consuming an alcohol and feeling like crap for days. So anyway, um, thanks for asking the question. I'm glad to get it out there. You know, once again, I'm an open book. Hopefully people realize that, Hey, if Kyle has, you know, struggle with alcohol, you know, and had to give it up and I've been sober for over three years now, which a lot of people don't know. Um, a lot of people ask me why, and that's okay. 
You know, sometimes I don't really feel like talking about it. And sometimes I do. Um, I didn't want to talk about it for the longest time, but I think it's not healthy just to keep things inside. And if I can help somebody, you know, once again, something I'm passionate about, like I said, I appreciated someone close to me that had reached out recently. I've talked to a few other people and, uh, it's just, I think help them realize that they're not alone. And I think that's a very uncomfortable feeling. I know I reached out to a buddy that was struggling and he really helped me. And it's just like, dude, you got to give it up, you know? And that, that to me was just like, there is no other answer. I can't look at and blame anyone else. At the end of the day, Kyle, it's, it's up to you. You have a choice to make your response to the events of overconsuming are going to create your outcomes and you got to decide what you want in your life. And that was a crossroads a couple of years ago. And, and I haven't looked back. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, alcohol is everywhere we go. We do client events, Mm -hmm. family gatherings, all that stuff. So it's not, it's not something that's easy, but it's, it's very much, you know, respected and, um, you know, I commend you. It's that's, that's a hard thing to do. And you find even like with the clients, I was one, you know, and friends, but you realize the people that love you, appreciate you. And I can still have as much fun. I might not be as loose on the dance floor, right? <laughs> I might not be, uh, you know, um, you know, I got as many dance moves or this or that. But, you know, at the end of the day, I just love people. I love to be around them. And I can remember my conversations. I can be very coherent as far as understanding everything about this person. So I can have a, maybe a deeper, more genuine relationship. So it's just different. Um, Mm -hmm. and people that really do care about you and love you will respect that, you know, and, and, and I'll be honest, I don't always put myself in those situations where I'm out as much anymore. I just turned a page in my life. I I enjoy spending time, you know, I guess I'm just a boring old person as some people would label it, just spending time with kids or watching a movie, sports games, out playing ball, like, but I'm having those moments and that's my choice. You know, God bless anyone else that wants to do other things. I don't judge. I just hope that if someone's in my shoes that needs help or wants to maybe change this aspect of their life, that it can be done. Because I think a lot of people are like, man, I just can't do that. Well, I said the same thing. And you can. Mm -hmm. You just have to be committed and hold yourself accountable and surround yourself with people that respect and that will help you for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want to be clear about one thing. You were, you really aren't good at dancing, you know, sober or not, um, but um, <laughs> seriously, Touché. I think, <laughs> I think there's a huge stigma around alcohol too. You know, I, I love to hear that you didn't, your rock bottom looks different than everybody else's rock bottom. You don't need to be a full-blown alcoholic to give up alcohol, right? If it's not benefiting your life, it's not benefiting your life. And that's your choice. And I just, I think that's an awesome choice and a decision that you made to stay strong to that. And I'll, I'll share this because you're kind of part of my journey was um, one of the days or pretty much the day of was our episode, what, two or three, Tim Dorsey. We were coming back and, uh, you know, we had fun up and it was me, you, Patrick, I think Calvin at the time. And, and, uh, you know, everyone, you guys handle your alcohol. I overconsumed. Um, we all had fun, but I remember, um, being inside of his gym. I went to the bathroom, started like dry heaving, which no one knew, um, walked out. I, I was so hung over, um, the day after that, and this was like at noon that I had to put my glasses on during the podcast. I remember listening to my voice and like, if you go back to the episode, I'm just not there. I'm like a shell of a person, in my opinion. And 
listening to his story about overcoming cancer and living life. And I was like, that was pretty much the moment where you listen to this guy that's just so thankful for life. And then I feel like I'm just sitting there stealing life, you know, and just like taking things for granted, um, not valuing time, you know, can't even barely get through, you know, this guy's hosting us in his place and I'm in there, the bathroom, you know, puking cause I'm so hungover. Um, that was, you know, the, the, the underdog podcast was a big point of my, uh, piece to, to understand. Um, and that moment in particular was, was something that, uh, was pretty much close to one of the rock bottom bottom moments. There's multiple, but that was one of them. And uh, I thought I'd share that too. That was like, wow. Um, how this podcast created that kind of platform to realize that, Hey, having that guest was inspirational for me amongst many different things to, to stop drinking. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about being vulnerable, right? You had to look at that episode. You had to look at the pictures. You had to listen to the episode Oof, it was terrible. <laughs> again and again it was and terrible. again. <laughs> yeah. It brings back. Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, it's like that loss you, you in sports, you put on film, like losing the Super Bowl. I'm sure for those Bengals fans, just watching that last play over and over again in Aaron Donald, but it's, it drives you, right? Makes you want to get better. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm thankful, like I said, I'm thankful for, for that experience. Um, you can look at it as, as a bad point and a low point of my life, but really inevitably I'm glad it happened. Um, thankful that, you know, I met Tim that day. I did that podcast hung over because I think that showed me um, everything kind of came full circle, you know, right mm -hmm. there. Whereas like enough is enough, man. Like this is just not healthy and I want to be better, you know, could bear like, yeah. I remember like thinking, man, I just got to get through this podcast and, and I felt like I was going to go vomit. Right. I was like, how embarrassing in the back of my head, if I had to press pause on the podcast, say, Hey, sorry, man. Like, you know, I know you just overcame cancer multiple times, but I need to go puke in the bathroom because it's one o'clock and I overconsumed last night and I feel sick. And it's right. just like, you know, anyway, enough was enough and, and thankful yeah. for the podcast, thankful for the listeners that have supported this mission. And I look forward to continue to share different things too. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, good deal. Well, I think um, I've got two kind of two last questions, one last question, and then we're going to do some rapid fire. We're going to bring that back. We used to do rapid fire a lot when we first started. Yep. Uh, so I think it could be a fun way to kind sure. of do a little bit of a throwback and end us. But before that, I think it's important to, um, you know, we, we really do a great job. I believe at Riley Decker recruiting the best of the best people that want to be here, people that are also passionate about people as we continue to grow it's just not realistic that you can meet everyone their first day, right? Um, or even their first week or their first month, you know, traveling to Arizona this last week in Texas, you've, you're meeting a lot of these people for the first time. Um, so if you had a chance to tell somebody something on their first day as a Riley Decker family member, what would you tell them? Ooh, usually I don't get stumped. That's a, that's a deep one. Um, you know, I think we talked about you know, innately loving each other, you know, LEO, like, I think it's weird. I think, or people, I don't think it's weird. I think people view as like, when they say they use the word love, I'm probably loose with it, but you know, I'd tell them I love them and you know, I appreciate them, which I did last week. And even though I might not know you, you're part of the family. And all I ask is, is this a hundred percent effort and accountability and results will come. Just say, hey, you know, if it, staffing in, in this business, if if you put the work in, you can be here forever. 
and God bless those that have been with me for over 10 years, 14 years, heading to 15th year. People are hitting milestones, us working together, and everyone has one common theme. They care, or we call it the gas factor, the give a shit factor. Um, <laughs> and if you really care, um, you know, and you're open up to, to loving your teammates and loving each other, loving our associates, loving our clients, some people can say caring, some, some, we use passion, right. Um, to change lives and, uh, it's all good, you know, and that's what I would say. That's what I do say. And I don't always use the word love. Cause I think some people, I give them a hug though. I'm a hugger. So if you see me out there, even if you're a listener, um, don't always know where you guys are, but I've had a few that said, Hey, I love the podcast and, and that means the world. Um, and if you're, if you are local or I'm out traveling, you know, I'm traveling, Hey man, come, let's give each other a hug and say, Hey, we love each other. Cause I think we need more love around here, Tiff, than, than hate for sure. So. I agree. I agree. Spread more love for sure. <laughs> awesome. Okay, here we go. So I thought we'd have a little bit of fun with this since we are in 10 different states. Um, Riley Decker Companies is in 10 different states. So I went through each one of the locations, got a little help from some people um, in the different areas. So I'm going to ask you this or this. Okay, I'm going to ask you um, for our tri-state. We'll start off nice and easy for our tri-state listeners. Would you rather go to Skyline Chili or Dixie Chili. Ooh, um, I thought you were gonna say Gold Star. I'm <laughs> I'm now considered a Cincinnati traditionalist. I know some of the south of the river might say Dixie. I got to go Skyline. Oh, all right. We might get some flack on that one. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, here's another really important one that I know I get grief about every time I travel east. So for all of our eastern locations. Are you going to go to get coffee at Starbucks or Dunkin'? Ooh. So I just spent some time down South Carolina on PTO and there's a Dunkin' Donuts right there. And they make a mean cold brew with some like um, brown sugar topping, the foam. Mm. I'll tell you this. Starbucks was way ahead. I mean, way ahead. Like you might as well as be like the, the, the tortoise and the hare, right? It was Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> and, and, and or Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts. But now... Duncan's making a huge comeback. Now, one one time when I was up there, I said, hey, I need a box of coffee. And I learned the hard lesson. So they scold you, which I'm not as like the Midwestern. They said, it's a box of Joe, sir. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> so Duncan's, Duncan's East Coast style, they come in a little hard. But I'll tell you, the avocado toast is really good. 200 calories gets you some really good, uh, you know, solid, as my dietitian would say, my lifestyle guy. PJ, if you're listening to this, hey, man, I'm trying, buddy. Um, but yeah, I would say if I was up there, I would respect the Duncan. And I usually go to Duncan. Back here in the Midwest, right. I'm usually Starbucks. Okay. All right. Um, they'll appreciate you for that one. I, don't, I think you'll be okay on that one. And that was deep. That was a deep Duncan analysis. And most people don't know, Tiff, the, the, the avocado toast is a sleeper. They're all like, how, yeah. does, how do they have good avocado? It's like this spread. They throw yep. the sesame on top. You can have tomatoes if you want. And I'm telling you, for 250 calories, it fills you up. And I'm on this macro Great. diet of plus minus, and I feel good. That that fills me up. So <laughs> little cold brews are like 10, depending if you get the, the cream. So you can be under with cold brew, a large cold brew, and the avocado toast under 300 calories. So if anyone All learned right. anything about this, maybe it's that the Duncan <laughs> way right there. 
<laughs> right so. for our macro counters. There <laughs> you go. Um, awesome. Okay. So we're going to go, we'll go North first. So for our Northern locations, they wanted to know, would you rather go to Condado or local cantina? Ooh, man, these Tiff, these are tough. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, Man, I got to go local. Um, but man, Condado is so good. Um, it is. Holy cow, that's 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 a toss up right there. I will I'll say, when in doubt, local cantina. Um, that's pretty good. Oh man, they're they're both. They're both. I mean, I don't need to be eating both. Let's just start with that. Um, queso is my enemy. Anyone that loves cheese, uh, I'm right there with you as well. I have a cheese. Uh, I love queso. Oh man. That's not good. Um, yeah, let's go local cantina. Okay. All right. Good deal. All right. And then for the next one, so I did a Southwestern uh, location is what I'm calling it. Would you rather eat at Whataburger or In-N-Out? Wow, that was a hot debate when I went out West. There, The Whataburger versus In-N-Out, no joke out there. I'm going to have to say, you know, and I, and I um, have some family out in Cali. So I kind of grew up when I did go out there. Uh, in and out is, is very strong there. I've taken a lot of Vegas trips. Waterburger's a, a competitor, but I, I got to say, there's no doubt I'm, I'm an in and out guy. So okay. in and out, in and out would be the selection there. All right. All right. We're probably going to catch some, some heat on that one. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> all right. And then the last one for you there, we'll go South. Um, are you a sweetened or unsweetened tea guy? Oh, thank you. You gave me a layup for the last one. There, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. If I had a choice, the health, you know, I would say if I'm, if I'm splurging, there's no doubt in my mind, there's nothing better than Southern sweet tea, and especially if it's homemade. Oh man. There's some, I don't, I don't know how many, you know, how much teaspoons and really probably pounds of sugar these guys put in that stuff. But man, if you really, I, I can't imagine the grams of sugar that are flowing through these, these sweet teas, but my goodness, I went to a wedding down there in Charleston on this plantation and it was probably the best sweet tea I've ever had in my life. Seeing the Southern swangs coming out, talking about <laughs> sweet tea, I feel like Brian Kelly here. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the sweet tea, no doubt in my mind. Um, but as you've taught me and many others, uh, the health factor of the the grams of sugar, uh, uh, they're no joke. If, if you're if you want to be healthy, you need to be careful on that sweet tea because that sugar <laughs> there's a lot of grams. But sweet tea for sure. All about balance. All, all about, about balance. balance. There you go. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got for you. This has been super fun. And thank you again for asking um, me to interview you and uh, hope we can do this again. But you want to tell everybody where they can follow you? Yeah, no, absolutely. It's kind of weird hearing that. Where can they follow me? But yeah, <laughs> usually all the handles, which has been great. And the marketing team's really helped me with this is at Decker KP or Decker underscore um, KP for Twitter. So if you put Decker in there and typically Kyle Paul, there you go. Some of mine not knew about that. My middle name is is Paul after my grandpa, um, Paul Decker. So it's uh, Decker KP. You can find me. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, Kyle Decker on LinkedIn, Facebook as well. I'm a pretty public person. I would love to help. Like I said, my inspiration now is to help others. And I try to share as much as I can, um, probably too much at times, but I would rather, once again, that's if you know my nature is I want to help more than than not. And I'm 
okay with being open and vulnerable. And, and yes, Tiff, um, you did a great job. I would love to do this more. I think it's been requested. So probably once, twice, if not three times a year, my mentor, Ryan Hawk does this as well, where he mm-hmm. wants to share, you know, insights and questions and allow, you know, his, um, co-host at that time or whoever he chooses. And for me, uh, no one better than you to get the best out of me. Thanks for putting me on the hot seat. And uh, as always, thank you. And the best is ahead. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the underdog podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google podcast apps. Leave a five-star rating and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at underdog pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.